This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. I have no idea. I thought Kyle was like wearing a hat from some law enforcement agency in Africa somewhere only to find out it's a golf course in Hawaii. So already starting off on the wrong foot today. So yeah, very sick golf course in Hawaii for sure. Um, but this is like what I was trying to, when I was telling you, I wanted to get some hat designs going for FRP with like block letters. This is what I, I envisioned. Dude, that's already been invented in if, my head. Once I saw if that. you create a hat that looks like that, that says FRP, Scott yeah. Howell will fly to Tampa to pick it up. I promise. <laughs> it's precisely his style. That is like on point his style. You it's can't get happen. any more Scott Howell than block letter hats. Big, bold <laughs> letters that stick out like an inch from yeah. the front. Yeah, oh, they're raised. They're yeah. raised. Oh, I can tell. Yeah, they're, they're coming through the screen over here. <laughs> I honestly... I don't know that I know of another grown adult that loves video arcades more than Scott Howell. Yes. Dude. So have you been to that bar down there in Key West? I'm sure you have the like retro arcade place. No, Mm-mm. dude, he would, if, if he loves arcade games, he would go bananas in there. They've got all the vintage, like Pac-Man, Pac-Man. it's right on the corner of, um okay it's right by divers direct like if you're standing on the corner of i'm at 10 in caroline yeah but it's i i think it's like a street over on green is green maybe running perpendicular there too green runs green runs parallel with caroline it's the next one up it's further north yeah so it's um i don't know i'll have green and if you were at green and simonton if you took a right you'd be right there at breakfast club too Okay, now we're talking to the mayor of Key West here. No, yeah, I know. Um, well, I've been there like four times in the past four months, so he's given me a run for my money, but it may not have been (laughs) honestly, man, it may not have been open the last time I was there. So, funny story when you know Nick Swartzen, familiar with him, the actor, I know Bradley's nodding his head, so he's in Scott hung out with him in Key West. Did he really? Yes, Uh yes, yes, yes. I remember that. That's the guy from uh. 
Brad 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 Boy. Like, he's in Reno 911. He's in a whole bunch of shit. Is that the dude from Bench Warmers too? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Yeah. Uh, wait, what's I don't know if I've seen Bench Warmers. With John Hader and David Spade, wasn't he the brother that lives in the closet on Bench Warmers? That sounds like him. <laughs> that does that sound sounds like, like a role, role he would play. He would play. Have you ever seen Just Go With It with Jennifer Aniston and Adam? Yeah, Sandler? he's a, he's in, he's in Adam Sandler's he's, he's crew. Dolph. He's like the goofy. Yeah, he's yeah he's Dolph, the goofy German guy. But so, so that's that's funny. It's the same dude from Bench Warmers. Okay, so yeah, I don't think he, there's he anyone that went to Key West through COVID that didn't have a Nick Swartzen encounter. Yeah, so I mean that definitely happened. He was staying at our hotel that, during my buddy's uh, bachelor party, and we were at this little bar. I can't remember the name of this like arcade bar, but we're sitting there, and he's just like out out front in a chair with a beer, smoking a cig, like just chilling by himself. And we were like, kind of, my buddy was wearing this like just ridiculous polo that. I would have worn in like high school, like freshman year. It was just like this red and white striped polo. Irish Kevin was roasting him earlier in the evening, He's like calling him Waldo and shit. And then he walks out and Swartz and sitting there and Swartz and just kind of jumps in and starts roasting us with him. So it was pre- pretty funny, but all that to say, if, if Scott likes those kind of, you know, arcade games and all that, he would go bananas in this place for sure. So Scott was in Key West and, he sends me a selfie of him and Nick Swartzen hanging out at dinner. <laughs> that sounds and I'm right. Like, how did that even like? Because he was probably it, it, just Nick, chilling by himself, and he was like, "Hey, dude." And Nick Swartzen's like a like I, I like Nick Swartzen. Like I used to be. If I used to listen to him a lot growing up. Yeah, he's really funny. And like I know a lot of his bits, and um, and Scott, you know, and Scott is very endearing. Like, and and he part of what makes him so funny is, I mean, I don't know that he would describe it this way, but he like studies comedians and listens to comedy and like podcasts with all these comedians. You know, every comedian alive has a podcast now, I think, except Nick Swartzen. And, um, and that's part of why Scott's timing is so good on the podcast, I think is, is he just, you know, subconsciously absorbs this information, but so he probably appealed to Nick a little bit, you know what I mean? And so they like met him on the street and were just like shooting the bull. And Nick's like, Hey, why don't you guys meet me at this place tonight for dinner or whatever? And so they end up going back and meeting up with him later. And Scott's like, I didn't think he would be there. And he was there. Right. But we're sitting there and I texted Scott and I said, tell him, I love the joke about when he dies, he's going to get everything cremated, but his head and at his funeral, everybody has to sit in a circle and say something nice about him, but they can only talk while they're holding his head. <laughs> he sends me a video back of Nick Swartzen going, I didn't say it that way, dude. I said it this way. And it was like this like cool moment. So anyway. That's funny, man. Yeah. I'll tell you the dude that I think's funny. And I never, I never remember his last name, but it's the dude in the bird dogs commercials, Theo something or other. Theo Vaughn. Yeah. He's funny. He's naturally funny. He's got. He's, he's from Louisiana, got, dude. He's just got a different sense of humor, man. Like I, that's who I like. I like people who think completely differently, but you can still, you know, you can still laugh. He's the one that's got that viral clip going around now. It's like uh, my favorite type of weed is uh, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. Um, I like him. I think my all-time favorite though. 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt, Dave Chappelle. Dude, same. Yeah. No questions same. asked. 
No, I don't. I don't think that there is, in my opinion, a smarter stand-up comedian that is literally fearless in what they say than yeah. he is. And the thing is, he makes way too much sense, man. Like yeah. when they tried to cancel him, and and he immediately comes out and releases a Netflix special and hits them head on. Yeah, it was fantastic. So good. I, he's been my favorite forever, man. I mean, when like so when I was in high school was when the Chappelle show was like kind of running at its at its height. Yeah, me and too. I, like, dude, we would just sit there and <laughs> be out of our minds, dying, laughing the entire night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So anyhow, look, we can sit here. We can talk about Dave. We can talk about Nick. But what we're really here to talk about is Mr. Bradley Flowers. Mr. Scott Howell, and the 2023 One City World Tour in Austin, Texas, January 18th and 19th. 18th and 19th. So we're mixing it up a little bit because every other conference, it seems they try to sandwich it around weekends. And we were like, hey, let's go out on a limb and do something in the middle of the week. That way people don't screw their weekends up with their family. and We've gotten a really good response from it. Sorry to just start talking. No, 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 no. I mean, that, that makes sense. So it's I close mean, enough to the weekend. If you wanted to stay, you could, but you can, you can literally go to this conference and be home with your family on Friday night and everything's good. You know? Well, that's what I was going to say is people might want to just extend pre or post and, and hang out. Cause you said, did you say Austin? Austin, Texas, man. Yeah, Cause uh, I, like I've never been, but I know I've heard from everybody that's, that has been there that it's a super cool place. So I would imagine the, the midweek thing might work out. It's an up and coming city. You know, I, you know, you see these cities, Kyle, like trend in conference land where you'll see like for a while there, Dallas, Texas, it was like everything was in Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Texas. And then Nashville as well. You see Nashville trending, of course, yeah. Vegas, San Diego. And I kind of had a, a hunch that Austin would be kind of the next city because it's up and coming just in in every industry right everybody's attracted to austin to some degree of course all these people from la like joe rogan moving there helped a ton and so we we selected austin our biggest listener base is in texas actually so that helps and um i've got three speaking engagements booked for next year two of them are in austin (laughs) two additional so it's like it's we were right on that so cool yeah it'll be a fun event man um, we, you know, last year, I mean, David rocked the house last year. I mean, David dropped a tip that I literally grabbed the microphone and said, if that wasn't worth your one ninety nine to come here, you should not have <laughs> came. And I mean, it was literally like, it was it, the thing that it's every speaker was very actionable, actionable items you can use immediately in your agency. People came up to me afterwards and said, man, this was like the best lineup of speakers in terms of like what I took away. And I said, yeah, that's because we picked them. There was no fluff. There was no, hey, you're speaking just, you know, I feel like a lot of conferences will will have people with no intention. It's just like, hey, this person's speaking a lot. We'll have them speak. And of course, I'm the beneficiary of that sometimes because I'm, I do that kind of stuff. But we're very intentional with our speakers. We're very intentional with our events. And um, it's a small crowd, but I I try to provide the most value for agents that I can. So other than Producers in Paradise, if you can come to an event next year. <laughs> 
come <laughs> to the one city world. Well, That's I mean, my look, pitch, you know? I'm going to go ahead and call it like it is, man. Not everybody can come to producers in paradise. Exactly. That's listening to this because they're not, they're not in killing commercial. And that's the first requirement um, mm. is that it's only open to the family, that. but sorry. no, you're good. Um, it just speaks more to the exclusivity. So if of you're it. on David's shit list, come to one city world tour. If you're not <laughs> go to. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think it's, I think it is interesting and, you know, sort of to your point, I don't run a conference per se. Cause I, you know, the way we do producers in paradise is completely backwards from everybody else. And obviously that's by design. It's also sort of like the way I do everything else. I do it just completely from a different perspective. But, you know, when you go to a conference and you come back, the number one thing everybody says is, yeah, the speakers were good. The breakouts were good. But I really got the most from the time at the hotel and the lobby at the bar, just networking with other agents. And so with producers in paradise, I flipped everything completely and inverted it. So, you know, we only meet for three hours each of the two days that we actually have meetings. And I open the, I open the gathering by just giving everybody the mic and going around the the group of people that are there, tell everybody who they are. Cause we, I mean, a lot of these people are just meeting for the first time. We've, we, we've got online relationships inside killing commercial, but they don't really know each other. And so it's always funny. And I'm always watching, you know, the new people to see how they're responding to this, but I want to, I want them to tell them, you know, who they are, where they're from, you know, what their agency specializes in, what they're looking for help for help with, you know, by being there and what they're able to help somebody else with else with that they do really, really well. And, you know, sometimes that takes an hour and a half of your first three hour day And, you know, I was funny because as we went around last year, I started to see people getting impatient and eyes were rolling and I stopped them. And I'm like, look, I know some of you are new and you don't know what we're doing. Just trust me. I know what I'm doing. This is like the mad scientist approach. It's going to make sense in the end. And what happened is by us taking that hour and a half to do that, it allowed everybody to figure out who they were going to pair up with for the times that we weren't meeting as a group. And so they went and listened to music together. They went to dinner together, or a lot of us just went back to the pool at the saint and we just talked business in the pool for the rest of the afternoon. But literally the overwhelming majority of our time was that one-on-one or small group connection where we can really get the answers that we need and we don't feel threatened by it because it's not like we're in a group with a bunch of people and we have to raise our hand and ask, or you're listening to speakers talk from stage. Now this year, obviously I'm doing it a little bit differently because Josh Braun's coming in and he's going to be there live to do a a talk on, um, on his, on his prospecting and telemarketing methods. But you know, that's, that's new for this year. I wanted to bring somebody in that was different, that hadn't come to any other insurance conference that I was aware of, but had the sales chops to come in and bring a different message. And, And Josh and I are so aligned on the Chris Voss following and a lot of the other things that he does that he was just a natural choice. So But all of that to say, you know, when you do something like that, the hardest part is just making sure you can keep everyone's attention and try and and keep them engaged the entire time. And and that's why I think it's really important that you pick who your speaker is going to be and and challenge people to come hear voices they haven't heard before, right? People can hear me on the podcast. They can go to my YouTube channel. They can read my blog. I likely have been at some event in their state speaking at this point. So 
I don't need to go speak at every conference, man. You know, I can go to the conference and I can support my friends without having to speak. But if those people who wanted to have access to ask a question or, you know, shoot the breeze when it's not the formal meeting time, if I'm there, they're still going to get that. Right. But I really think, you know, you're it's, it's a challenge for you guys. Right. I mean, talk a little bit about that, because that has to be something very, very intentional. You got, you got to get people, you know, that have a great message that, that have credibility, but that people haven't really heard of before. And so a lot of the time, even for me, when people are saying, hey, would you be interested in coming to speak or would you be willing to come and speak? If it's a place that I've already been. I'm going to say, look, I would absolutely love to come and do that, but I'm going to give you three names of people that have a really good message that I think needs to be heard. And you would get a lot more mileage out of having one of them come than having me come back as a retread. Give it a couple years, let the dust settle, and then I'll happily come back when I've got something new to talk about. But, you know, and obviously this year it's different with the book, but talk a little bit about what that's like when you're trying to put one of these things together. It, it's tough, but but I'll, I'll be honest with you. You kind of hit the nail on the head. My MO, as far as the podcast goes and booking speakers for these events, is finding people who have a really good message that can provide value to agents that everybody hasn't heard. It's kind of on the up and coming. Um, and I think the challenge of it is you just have to get in and talk to people and be willing to take meetings that are probably going to lead nowhere, but one out of 10 is is something awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, like I'll give you an example, Aaron Gordon, who a lot of people know, but a lot of you haven't heard him speak. It's Aaron Gordon, by the way, not Aaron Robertson. We yes, do not want to get those. Don't want to get those two confused. Don't mix those two up. Love you, Aaron Robertson, but don't get those two mixed. Aaron Gordon, um, Aaron from New York City, so he's got that New York City punch you in the mouth swagger. Uh, he gave a and he he was on a panel last year. Aaron's a good friend of mine. He gave a presentation in uh, the Big Island of North Carolina, Aubie Knight's group, and and he spoke and then I spoke. And I never, David, I never listened to the speaker before me because one time I don't have any professional training. When I go up and speak, it could be good or bad. There's no rhyme or reason. It just depends on how I'm feeling that day. And I never listened to the speaker before me because one time I was speaking at an event and the guy who spoke before me, like 70% of his presentation was what I was going to cover. Oh, and it wasn't like he didn't do it on purpose, but it wigged me out. So I tried to change stuff up last minute and I didn't do great. Um, he ended up being a jerk to me on Instagram. So I, we had, we had it out a while back, but, uh, but anyway, the, so I don't ever listen to the speaker before me. I just, cause if I hadn't known, I would have gone up there and it would have been good. And you know what I mean? Different types of personalities resonate with different people. And, uh, but I listened to Aaron because I wanted to support him. He's my friend. He gave such a freaking good presentation around what it is we all actually do, which is fulfilling a promise, right? That's what people are buying or a promise. And it sounds corny and it sounds hokey. And it sounds like the speech that your district manager gives you your first day in insurance, right? But it was so good because he tied in these these stories of claims and how his agency handles claims and that sort of thing. I mean, it was, it was inspirational and it was tactical. And I texted Andy Matheson, who I'm co-hosting the event with. And I was like, we've, we've got to have him speak. Like he just like inspired the entire room, including me, who's his friend and talks to him every day. So people like Aaron Gordon, we've got uh, Garrett Droish, who is the first agent to issue an insurance certificate on the blockchain. That's really cool. Um, and then we've got some folks who who have 
you know, been in the industry for a while and spoken a while and are doing newer things and are going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, one of those is Ryan Hanley. So we've got, you know, last year Hanley was supposed to speak and then ended up backing out. And I don't know if you remember David, but we had the jumbotron and there was a slide that said, where is Ryan Hanley on a Oh yeah, carton. no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. I remember it. I took yeah. a picture of it and texted it to him. Yeah, exactly. He he didn't thought he thought it was Photoshop too. It was such a good image, but but we just try to find people that can give agents value above and beyond the ticket price they are giving us, and it's it's a lot of fun. And to be honest with you, man, so like back to your point about the networking and that sort of thing. That's where the real stuff happens. And you know, I've been to conferences before. I remember I went to a conference in Dallas a few years ago. The and I was there all day. Uh, the literal only time I was in the auditorium was when I was on stage and the entire rest of the day, I was in the back lobby, meeting people, networking, that sort of thing. And one mistake we made last year is we had so many speakers that we did not leave enough room for networking. So this year we're kind of doing the opposite and we were purposefully having networking times and that sort of thing. We've got some, some, Pretty cool ideas, some stuff that's going to give some people who don't come some serious FOMO. So it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, it's nothing serious, too. I mean, I'm not a conference organizer. Um, it's not fun putting it together. I actually loathe it, to be honest with you. Um, and it's not a money-making endeavor for us. To be completely honest with you, I feel like your listeners will appreciate this from a customer experience standpoint. So last year, we were about two or three days before the event, and we had like 10 grand to the good. Right. And there, when we were like, like we had like this group message with the other organizers, like, Hey guys, we're 10 grand to the good. What do we want to do? And I said, we're going to spend it. We're going to spend it on the event to make everybody's experience better. And I don't remember what we spent it on, but it was something really cool that people liked. And oh, I think, I think it was, uh, I think everybody got free drinks at the party or something to that effect. Right. And so Free drinks that's, again. That's that's the goal of this event is just to take all the money poured into the event. It's not a money making endeavor for us. If it was, you would see a lot more promotion than you are. It's just we want to get 150, 200 agents in a room and make the industry better. Well, you know, since you gave Abby Knight a shout out, I'm going to give Abby a shout out, and I probably also should take a page out of your book and not listen to the people who go before me because. When I was in North Carolina last year for the exact same conference, I had to go after the Make-A-Wish presentation of a $40,000 uh -huh. check, not a dry eye in the house. And I literally get up and I look at Abby, who's sitting back in the corner. I'm like, what did I do to deserve this, man? I have no chance. You know, Dude, I have I no literally, chance. At IOA this year, I literally had my AirPods on with like Thunderstruck by ACDC playing while Mike Crowley was speaking. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want anything to, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just a weird thing that I do. Well, and then I was being followed by Ryan Hanley. So I was like literally sandwiched in the middle of two ridiculous places to be. Then fast forward, I'm at young agents of, um, of Oklahoma last month. And the guy before me, Brandon Tatum, who is um, he's it's Dr. Brandon, Brandon Tatum, who does a lot with um, family counseling and stuff. He's authored a couple of children's books and things. There's this podium on the stage and he gets up and he makes it levitate like the thing levitates and out over the. Wow. He's like, and he's like, this is my this is my grandma's 
this is my grandma's thing and it's magical and this, that, and the other. So I had to follow that. <laughs> what? So I, I, yeah, I get up in Oklahoma and I, I, I tell him, I get on the stage and I'm like, look, you know, I got to quit following people because, you know, Aubie Knight stuck me with being after make a wish. Now I'm dealing with this guy with David fricking Copperfield. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him and I said, Hey, no offense, man. But if Nana's table starts flying while I'm standing up here talking, I'm turning it into the fricking coffee table from Tommy boy's frat house. Like that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's impressive. Yeah. It, I'll tell you a funny, like, story in that in that world in that that subject so i spoke to nafa one time for those of you that are deeply embedded on the pnc side of the industry nafa is essentially the association on the life insurance side of things uh, and they do allow pnc agents but it's mostly life life insurance financial services good relationship with those guys i speak to them one or two times a year um, and good lord if you think the pnc industry is behind the times go play in the life insurance game some but I spoke to NAFA and I got there like five minutes before I spoke, didn't see who went before me. And uh, he, but the guy who went before me was sitting like by the stage or whatever. So I get done, I come off stage and the guy who booked me there is a good friend of mine. I was like, Hey, let's get a picture. And he's like, okay. So I turned to the guy who spoke before me, not realizing that he's like a former NFL pro bowler had no idea who he was. And I was like, Hey, would you mind uh, taking a picture? And he's like, yeah, sure. And comes and like puts his, I was like, no, I need you to take the picture of me <laughs> and Jay. And his ego was just like, like done. Hilarious. He was done. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Like I don't follow pro football at all. So like, I had no idea. I don't, and I don't even know his name. <laughs> I have to tell you, I think that the, in our thread that we have on Facebook, I think that that meme that came out about how Lane Kiffin has already been fired as Auburn's coach is absolutely hilarious. That is pretty funny. This podcast is either going to age really well or really bad, but it is, uh, it is November the 22nd. I'm fully convinced that Lane Kiffin is going to be announced as Auburn's coach on Friday. Wow. Well, I mean, look, man, anytime there's smoke, there's fire, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not some like prophet, but so here's my reasoning. Okay, you ready? I'm just gonna go and say this in case I'm right, and if I'm wrong, yeah. So I follow college football heavy, so I would love to hear this. All right, so here's my theory: Lane Kiffin is the guy. There's no other choice that makes sense. You know, Lane's bounced around to a lot of places. Auburn has just as much resources and money as anybody. It could be a good final landing spot for him, and I feel like it would be good for us because he's so young. He could be that Nick Saban, that long-term coach. Um, I think that Auburn has developed a little bit of a bad guy personality with like Bruce Pearl. And if you're familiar with Auburn Twitter, I mean, Auburn Twitter is ruthless. So he would fit right in with that. But here's why I think it's going to be Friday. So Cadillac Williams, our former running back, is the interim coach right now doing awesome. There's a small segment of the fan base that wants him to be mm-hmm. the coach. But he's not quite ready, and everybody knows that. And if the program was not as in shambles as it is, I would be 100% on board with Cadillac. Like, let's say yeah. Gus Malzahn left in 2018 after the SEC championship. 100% Cadillac could take that over it. But it's such shambles. you got to have somebody who has transfer portal experience, who has head coaching experience, that all that points to Lane Kiffin. 
Okay. Well, plus, not to mention the fact Auburn is not the kind of school where you want to learn on the job. Like, you not, better not have all. your stuff not together before you get fire there. your tail. Yeah, okay? they're not going to put up with that. So, so here's the deal. So, the conundrum is what if Cadillac beats Alabama? Might not happen, but could happen. What if Cadillac beats Alabama? You're yeah. going to have but they got to do large, it. They have to do it before the Iron Bowl. You're going to have a large percentage of the fan base. And then you're going to have a problem because it's going to turn into a thing and you're going to have half the fan base <laughs> not for this coach that you just hired. So I, I, I'm with you on that. I would also say, though, like... Let me say this one last then, point. Okay, go ahead. The Egg Bowl is Thursday. Okay. The Iron Bowl is Saturday. Yeah. If they announce him on Friday. It doesn't matter if he beats them or not. It's it, You see what I'm saying? It's a yeah. moot point. So if I'm Auburn, I'm like, we've got to announce it before Saturday. That way it's a done deal. They can walk him out at the game. He can, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, and then I think the best move in the world would be to make Cadillac OC. And then if Lane Kiffin a two years from now does what Lane Kiffin usually does and goes somewhere else, you make Cadillac the head coach. That's, yeah. that's my, and I'm, and I'm probably not as far into college football as you are, Kyle. I only pay attention to Auburn. Um, so that's my, no, that all totally makes sense. So was kind of like the OC we're getting beforehand. so much insurance content out of this right now. Yeah, whatever. It's um, like what? So yeah, I would, I would say the only thing is like them beating Alabama this year is not as big a deal with them not being in contention. Yeah. Um, but I, I get, I get your point on that too. It's a little bit of like, Hey, this dude, you know, well, he's uh, the sentimental pick. And yeah, exactly. You've got people now saying, "Give him the job. Give him the job. Give him the job." Was he the OC back. before, or was he like the strength coach, he was or what? Running was... back, running backs coach, I believe. Running backs coach. Okay, um, gotcha. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's done a great job rallying them. I mean, he's won, he's won two games in a row, which is which ties the prior coach of the number of games. And like, <laughs> yeah. it's like he's done great. Um, and both of them are decent teams. I mean, Western Kentucky has an awesome offense. I mean, Texas A&M is Texas A&M, even though they suck. Yeah, they do. So, that, that's I mean, we were talking. That's the most surprising team this year of like surprisingly disappointing. I saw a TikTok video where this person was doing a synopsis of what they think is going on at Texas A&M, and there and it made it made sense. You know, you know, Texas A&M got all this NIL money and got all these big recruits. And they suck. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. This person was saying Jimbo Fisher got in over his head and took a, took some money from somebody he shouldn't have taken some money from. And they're like, hey, we need you to throw some games this first year. That way we can bet on them and offset Could what be. we paid you. And it because and, and they went through like some some decisions he made that would make sense with somebody who was losing on purpose. Yeah. Now I mean I, I don't necessarily it. want Bradley Flowers on the Power Producers podcast to like be the one that breaks that if that ends up being true, but anyway. I love it. The only the other name that I heard for Auburn was Hugh Freeze, but I don't know how realistic that is. I don't think Hugh Freeze would I don't I don't I don't I don't think he would pass the background check. <laughs> There's no chance he would pass the background check, but it was it was something that I had heard about a week and a half ago. So yeah. And I think Hugh is a I think Hugh is a better guy than people give him credit for, but at some point you gotta look at somebody's track record. Yeah, for sure. So so what's going on in the world of Florida risk partners? Let's talk about that. Oh my gosh, man. What's not going on. It's um, I was actually going to tell Kyle, I might need to excuse him from the podcast. Cause I'm, as I'm over here Good looking God. at my, in my emails, he's had two or three trucking leads. I, call, I called, I called two of them before we got on. Nice. I'll tell you nice. what, man. I mean, 
I'm I'm perfectly fine using a company name when it's under this circumstance, but cover whale has been a godsend. I mean, I don't know how much you're using them in your agency and for everybody out there who, who isn't using cover whale, if they're active in your area, I would highly, highly recommend that you reach out to. They're super uh, easy to quote with. It's done in like, like less than five minutes, really. I mean, especially if you've got the DOT number, you plug it in and it, it loads most of the info for you. You go through, you type in their, uh, you, you know, what, what they're hauling and the percentage and how far they're going. And it's like address or uh, driver's license and name, date of birth, VIN, and you're done. And, um, and they've been competitive, man. I mean, they've been, they've been better than a lot of the other carriers that we were writing this kind of stuff with before. Um, so they, they have been, they have been solid. Uh, but I did talk to both of those guys uh, before we got on here. They're, they're our go-to in Florida. They're not super competitive in Alabama yet, but we do a decent amount of trucking. And they're if they ever get it figured out where they're somewhat com- like can somewhat compete with progressive in terms of how consistent consistently they are competitive, they got a big opportunity to take some market share. Yeah, hmm. I think in, in our in our experience, and Kyle can speak to it more than I can, but it seems like if they want it, they're not, you know, they're not gonna get touched by anybody. Yeah. And it's and it's only for that class of business where they're not going to be able to go to like a great West or, you know, one of the big trucking carriers because of lack of experience or time in business or whatever else. But, you know, I'll tell you who else is competitive now, extremely competitive, but if it has to be not long haul and that's auto owners, man, auto owners will write trucking, but it can't be more than a 500 mile radius that they're, they're and running they've gotta, so, and they've got to have some history. They, it can't be a new, a new business. Yeah, it's got to be three years, but if you have these people that are kind of doing, you know, just stuff inside the state of Florida and they've, they've been with progressive for three years and losses look good and you take them to auto owners, you're going to cut the premium probably close to in half. You just mentioned two carriers that both told me thanks, but no thanks in one sentence, auto owners in great West. Mm. Oh man. Well, I mean, great West, I can understand. Cause that one's tough. Auto owners missed the boat. Yeah. They, and we're talking, um, great West has a, they have a deal. Somebody was telling me where they basically have an agency that they own. And if they th- think you're good, but they're not sure if they want to give you the full appointment, they'll basically let you double broker through that agency. Hmm. And then when your buck gets so big, they move it into a direct appointment. I think that's kind of interesting. I think auto owners of Cincinnati should do something like that. And I only kid, but you know what my favorite thing in insurance groups is, Kyle? I know David probably knows this. When somebody posts in an insurance group, hey, looking for a carrier for XYZ risk. And somebody says, auto owners, Frank and Muth or Cincinnati will do it. And you're yeah, like, meanwhile, seven agents have those appointments. Yeah, well, not only that, but the fact that if you have those carriers, they want to be your number one. And the fact that you would post an IAOA or insurance suit before checking with, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, right. if you have those right. carriers, you know, you're, you're, and really what it is, it's those agents, like they want you to know they have auto owners picking, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was, there was one today that I commented and it was a risk that I knew auto owners would take. And I almost commented auto owners, but I was like, I don't want people to think I'm doing that. Well, the other thing is I, you know, look, I hate to be that guy, but I am like, if you don't know your, if you don't know what markets write something, why are you messing with it? Like, Man, you know, 
it's I, I see people and this this is actually like if there's one takeaway you get from this podcast other than to go to onecityworldtour.com and buy a ticket right now. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's already on social, man. Scott Howell shared it like two minutes ago. And Daniel Song said he bought his tickets literally as soon oh, as are we live right now? was over. No. No, I just shared it on social oh, while okay. we were I was about to say, okay. No. Um, <laughs> I was about to grandstand if we were live and act like I didn't know we were live. Um, I, I, here's, here's one thing I take away. I see so many – and the insurance groups are great. But I see so many people in these groups post like looking for a carrier for this. And it's something that you shouldn't be touching with a 10 foot pole. Right. Nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. Like if you have to ask where the market, I mean, you can find posts of me doing that, but very, very, very rarely. And my take on it is I would love to get your take on this, David, because you're, you're a huge proponent of, of niches, Right. My take on this is, is you should not be venturing into a type of risk that you've never insured unless you think there is an opportunity to build a niche in that. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Like I had a guy recently that I think it was a food truck and we considered, oh, maybe we could go after a bunch of food trucks. That was the only reason we tried it. You know what I'm saying? Like sitting there and shotgunning and taking everything, you know what I mean? Taking everything that comes on is not the way to do it. Because you're going to no, run I mean, yourself we, ragged trying. I mean, it, you're, you're going to be super unprofitable because you never insured that. It's going to take you three times the amount of time to quote it and write it and bind it and everything that it normally would. And what good is that extra time unless you're investing it in and learning that niche, not just trying to pick up a piece of business? Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's kind of what we ran into with the whole uh, mobile pet groomers, man. Like that is so foreign to middle market, but Kyle shaking his head. He, God. he, he can't wrap his, <laughs> we he, do he, manufacturers who have at least 500 million in revenue and mobile pet groomers. Yeah. Well, the thing is, man, like with the mobile pet groomers and specifically during COVID there, it, it's an over the phone deal. It's like, you're, you're not really going somewhere. You're not, you're not having them come into the office it's a, it's literally a hundred percent transactional deal. And if you know the coverages that they need, like, you know, obviously the build out of whatever their vehicle is, plus the care custody and control of the animal, you know, the professional liability in addition to the GL and all of that stuff. And you know how to package that. We actually have several carriers who love that class of business, auto owners being one of them, Hartford being another, I mean, we've got them with auto owners, Hartford, Liberty and guard all four. But I had a guy reach out to me on Facebook and said, hey, I've got one of these in Florida. I I just I need somebody that I can trust to write it because I have a niche for this all over the country, but I don't write in Florida. So would you would you do this one for me? And so we did. And I'm like, wow, this isn't too bad, man. They come in at like twelve to fifteen thousand dollars in premium for, you know, just one van that's doing it. It takes you five minutes to quote it. And like we went from one to 20 in a matter of about two months. So that that's an example of exactly what you're talking about. That's something I would never go after, but if there's a reasonable business case behind it, I'm all for it. And what I found out is there's a Facebook group for Florida mobile pet groomers. So guess who's in there now. Right. And we can get leads from that. And, you know, they were just handing our name out left and right. So I agree with it to to that you know from that perspective I think that 
if you do have that opportunity, that's kind of an outlier. And especially if it's something where you ask and not a lot of other people have advice for you, mm-hmm. if you can, if you can solve the riddle, you you're sitting on a cash cow at that point. My brother-in-law added me into basically the insurance soup of lawn care, small mm-hmm. lawn care. And if you think insurance groups get rowdy and he thought he was doing me a favor, but I'm of the belief that the small landscape grass cutter is the absolute worst risk that you can ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the There's worst. So many things. Number one, they're not going to pay. They're not going to pay. They're all they're, they're never doing tree work, by the way. Never. They're never, ever doing tree work above 15 feet. They're no, yeah, always no buying equipment and they always tell you the equipment that they have as soon as they buy it every single time. Right. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. And. and yeah, they also don't do any installation. There is no planting of trees. We literally cut grass. That's no it. No installation. And they don't definitely, 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 definitely don't do power washing during the winter. Especially <laughs> definitely <laughs> don't. Or, or even better, hang Christmas lights because that's hang another Christmas one. Christmas lights. It's, I have one lawn care and it's my brother-in-law. And, but it's, it's the worst because at best you're dealing with someone who absolutely hates insurance. <laughs> oh like it's, yeah. it's so bad it's so bad and and you know a lot of times they pay 90 percent of the time they pay their employees under the table oh yeah so you have an issue there like you have several issues there you know it's well, we uh, have a client we have a client that's that's kyle's client that came as a referral to him and it's you know to your point in terms of hating insurance and being just generally miserable people, the lady that owns this company is an absolute nightmare. Like, and it's a husband and wife that own it. You go talk to the husband, coolest guy ever, right? But this is one of a very, very small number of accounts that we only write one line and we only write the comp. It was canceled when we got it. It had been canceled for three weeks. It had loss history issues. And we we basically moved the sun, the moon, all the stars to get this thing done. And we got it done. And we talked to the lady and she was perfectly fine. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to make make a comment that'll get me in trouble. I just I don't know what her personality issues are, are. But she has a big problem with wanting everybody to know she's the one who's in charge. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. like we, we go out, we do, you know, Ky, I went, I rode with Kyle to go kind of do a sort of a loss control inspection. We meet the husband, we're talking to him because we were prepping this before the comp carrier comes in and I'm flipping it over. I'm like, why are you with this company for your general liability? It's excess and surplus lines. We have admitted markets we can get you to. We had this whole thing laid out to where he was just going to send us everything and like not even 24 hours later, Kyle gets this email. What what did the email? It was like horrific what the email said. It was insane. It was, it was basically like, you know, I don't know why you're going behind my back on this. I'm the owner of the company. We never discussed this. I reached out because we needed help on the workers comp and blah, 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 this and that. And like, it was this whole rant about, you know. Nothing's in the- his name. It's all in my name. He yeah. has no authority to sign anything. Yeah. It whatever was like, else. Damn, so she might have visited happened? a divorce attorney at some point. Uh, yeah. And the, I mean, right. So the thing was bizarre. I will say though, she actually, since that, uh, 
since that just renewed, like I've been in contact with her a little bit um, via email and she's kind of been like, she's been tolerable and like, like a normal person. So maybe, maybe she's turned over a new leaf. I'm not. A lot uh, of times people that are super rude to you in the beginning end up being your best customer. Well, yeah, that's, that's true too. I had that happen plenty of times. Yeah. For sure. I tell my team all the time, if somebody's upset with you, don't get offended. Like don't let them cuss you out. To me, that's like the bar. Sure. But you got to let them vent a little bit. Everybody hates insurance, even me. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. A little bit. And then what happens a lot of times, the fact that either one of two things, the fact that you listened to their problem and and didn't tell them to kick rocks. My nine-year-old is in the room while I'm recording this podcast. So I'm watching my language. Um, She can't hear you. Uh, (laughs) But because you didn't tell them to kick rocks, they they're like, okay, this guy understands. But then the flip side is a lot of times they feel bad because they were just having a bad day that day. And so yeah. they, they over index on being nice to you in the future. Um, and also the other thing on lawn care got they're on the road all day long. They're on the road 10 hours a day, which increases your chances of an accident. Sure. So, but yeah, we had one recently. One of my guys was working on a big account. This company did like 15 or $20 million in revenue. And he's like, yeah, talk to the guy. And he was like all for us quoting. And he's like, he said, here's his wife's number. He said to call her. And I said, "Uh oh, and it was like a very similar situation. And, and it, it, it was, you know, she made all the decisions and she was like, not okay with us working on this. She's like, as a matter of fact, it was a pain in the butt when we swapped last time, we're not interested in anything right now. Uh, so we actually circled, that was six months ago, we actually circled back last week and they're, they want to work with us now. Uh, because nice. we remember to follow up, but anyway. So what, I mean, what else, man, you, you gave us a, a little bit of a, a taste of who the speakers are going to be in, in one city. I know you also have some surprises or maybe you got, you and Scott were just screwing around in, in with me to see whether or not I would repeat anything, but I, I heard a little grumbling and I'm not going to let on that. I know anything at all, but, you know, I think there's some pretty cool stuff that you've got set up, but what else can you let them know? I mean, we got to people, you got to come to Austin. I mean, if nothing else, there's good live music there. There's a good nightlife scene. Yep. Apparently it, Daniel Song's going to be there. I mean, if you, I don't, I don't know, like anybody should want to go hang out with that guy. Daniel Song's going to be there. I mean, they, David and I just spent a few days with him in California. I mean, he's got a bunch of great stuff going on. Got some really, really cool vendors there. Uh, we're very uh, intentional with those vendors, some great speakers, bunch of surprises up our sleeves that not only add to the value of the event, but the entertainment, that sort of thing. We got Elijah from Goodman Family Insurance, uh, who's the guy on TikTok that's taken over the world. He's going to be there. We've got Troy Korsgaden. Uh Troy Korsgaden is a legend. I mean, talk about somebody you don't want to speak after. I mean, he is he is intense. He's actually going to open us up um the first Dude, that's day, a scary so. guy to have open he opened up at soup live and like we're like 10 minutes in and i looked at grace and i'm like i feel like i need to have an altar call mm-hmm. after this guy's talking man why is he yelling at me so troy spoke <laughs> troy get this call troy spoke i mean he's like yelling and screaming from the stage troy spoke a young lady spoke that had never spoken on stage before and then i spoke and I looked at Michael McCormick while Troy was up there. I said, I'm, you know, the, the scene from uh, uh, Billy Madison where he's like, I'm glad I called that guy. 
yeah. I basically said that, but I said, I'm glad I'm not following that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah it no was kid. like, I, I kind of felt bad for her having to go up there after him. So Carrie Wallace is going to speak. I mean, she's phenomenal. I mean, it's, nice. it's just going to be, it's going to be a good event. We're still working out a lot of the, the, the minute details, but it's, it's one you don't want to miss. You know, you get a little bit inundated with conferences, David, because there's just so many of oh, them. Yeah. And, you know, now's the time of the year, I think, when people are looking at stuff next year. This is a really, really good event to kick things off. So uh, cool. we might have rented a DeLorean. So that may or so may not that. have been what I that may yeah. or may not have been what I heard. We might have rented a DeLorean. So we might have Doc and Marty coming. <laughs> well, if nothing else, you can have Scott Howell in the driver's seat and invite people to come sit next to him and get mm-hmm. him caught up. Right. Man, we were this close. I say this close. We tried to get Joe Rogan. So our first venue, I'll tell this story. So our first venue that we looked at um, is Vulcan Gas Company. That's not where it's at. It's at a place called Fair Market, which is very similar. It's like an industrial. It's kind of cool. You can do a lot with the space. But the first venue was Vulcan Gas Company, which is where Joe Rogan does an every Tuesday night residence or Thursday night residency. And it's where he works out his bits and stuff. And I think it's free, too, to get in. Anyway, that was the first venue we looked at. Well, they're like, hey, I got to have it. This dude said the coolest thing anybody's ever said to me. He's like, you guys got to be out of there by six because Rogan's coming in at seven. Like, I will purposely be late. <laughs> and uh, so I reached out to Joe's booking agent and was like, hey, will he do like a live podcast with me and Scott? We're going to be at the same place. All he needs to do is show up an hour earlier. That's it. And I had this picture in my head. And, and whether or not people are a Rogan fan, I mean, obviously he's gotten very polarizing, but you can't deny it wouldn't be a benefit to have the number one podcaster in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had this idea where we weren't going to tell anybody he was going to be there. And Scott and I were going to do a live podcast on stage. He was not going to be there and we're like hey we don't have a guest and all of a sudden the lights go out in the intro to his show you know that little deal that plays at the beginning and then he walks out everybody loses their mind um and and that i had that idea right before his agent told me he wasn't interested but it was a good (laughs) idea so so last thing because we've been going for a little while but i want to make sure we get this out there you know in speaking of surprises i didn't even know you were working on this pet insurance product project that you just announced but to me that's that's one of those things that i feel like is low-hanging fruit for a lot Mm -hmm. of agents it's not i'm not saying you need to telemarket for it i'm not saying you need to go do direct mail but it's something that if you have it there and, it, and, and people can see that you offer it, there's a likelihood they're going to click on it, especially if you create a little bit of content around it and have a call to action to get a quote or whatever. Yep. It's something you're going to sell. And honestly, you know, I don't know if this is still in the works or not, but originally that's one of the things that when we had the glove box guys come on the podcast, you know, a couple of years ago and talk about, that's something they were talking about being able to do as a cross sell campaign inside their app, because they're going to have all this data on people. They're going to know if they, you know, if they have umbrellas, they're going to in homeowners, they're going to know if they have pets or not based off of how the questions are asked and all of that stuff, but they could cross sell it inside of the glove box app for the agencies who have it. 
And I just think that it makes a lot of sense. You know, we have, we have the ability to place it through several, several different um, avenues, but talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys have developed in number one and number two, like what makes it different? Why is it so easy for agents to use it? Because again, if you've got a website and you're an agency, put it on there. What's it cost? You know, it's like, you're going to miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So even if it's just like a 300 by 250 widget in your sidebar or something like that, and people click on it to get an instant bindable quote, that's just revenue that you can get incrementally without well, doing I'll you, much. I'll give you one better, which is what we're doing and helping agents do is if you're selling personal lines, put it in your onboarding and your renewal process automated. So, so kind of the idea, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge, like, pet guy. I don't have any pets. Um, I was, it actually, it's a good example. That project was birthed out of one city world tour last year. We went to the party that second night at Dirk's Bentley's place and I had a conversation at the bar. That's what got that project kicked off. And I love bringing projects to agents that fill a need and fill a gap. Right. And what we found when when this was a this was presented to me, I was like, yeah, I don't know, pet insurance, you know, whatever. Um, it's not sexy at all. But I started asking agents, asking around, and you know, some of these masterminds that David and I go to, and that sort of thing. And I found that a lot of agents were trying to sell it because people are passionate about their dogs, right? And the the two issues we kept running into contact with or running into were agents talking about their current solutions was it's, it's really hard to write, right? I understand there's some carriers out there that everybody listens would know that sell pet insurance, but it's really complicated to write or the commission, the commission is really low. Okay. So we base or our combination of both. So we basically solve for both of those things. So make it really easy to write. In fact, you don't even have to write it. We provide each agent that gets an appointment with a link similar to like an armadillo or something like that, where they can just send it to their client. Their client does it. Agent gets paid. You don't have to touch it. Agent agent doesn't have to handle claims. We're handling all the claims and everything. And then we also made the commission very competitive. So it's 10 and 10. And we want to increase that down the road, but there just wasn't a ton of room. But I mean, you got you got carriers out there paying agents two and a half and five. So, so those are kind of the two thing, the two metrics which we base this on. And one of the things I want to do, and I'm actually kind of putting this together now. So one thing that our agency is known for in the IA channel is we have a really, really tight onboarding process with our clients. That was actually what I spoke on at IAOA. And one of the things we're going to do, regardless of the CRM that you are on, as long as the CRM allows you to edit and create your own onboarding process, is I'm going to have my team for every agent that wants it, I'm going to have somebody from my team actually set the onboarding up into in your CRM for you. So you can take my onboarding process and implement it in your agency without doing any work, as long as you agree to get appointed with Top Dog Pet Insurance and have that link in there to sell pet insurance. So it basically allows you to sell another line on Autopilot. And we all know that you improve the retention of clients in your agency by several years, just by adding an additional line of business. So it's just a it's just another revenue stream, another profit center, and it's it's a it's a need in the marketplace right now, um, and we're expanding on it. Another thing I'd like to do, David, and you may can help me do this, 
I keep saying this on podcasts and Aaron Farmer, who's our partner in this, is getting mad at me because we don't have this set up yet. I want to set something up where agents, let's say that Florida Risk Partners sells a pet policy, right? To Kyle. Let's pretend Kyle's the customer, right? Kyle, do you have a dog? I do. I have what's two. Your, what's your dog's name? Which is whining at me like he's going to shit on my floor. So hopefully- What's his name? Happen. Is it like Poopers or something? Moose. Okay. It's a perfect name. So Kyle buys a pet policy from Florida Risk Partners. Two days later, Kyle gets a dog toy in the mail from Florida Risk Partners addressed to Moose. Yeah. Something like that that kind of adds to the experience that doesn't promote top dog at all, that agents are like, wow, this is really cool. So there's just a lot of like, like even though I'm not super passionate about pet insurance, there's a lot of stuff that I'm able to like flex my business muscles on on this. So it's, it's a fun project. Nice. So if you want to get appointed, can I drop the link? Yeah, go for it, man. Top, top dog pet insurance.com black backslash agents with an S that's uh, and, and like everything else, guys, we're only going to be able to do so many. So get in there. Top dog pet insurance.com forward slash agents. People go break the site. It doesn't hurt you to sign up for it. And he'd already told you it's going to be limited distribution. So it's better to get your name in your hat, name in the hat as soon as you possibly can. Because here's the thing, man, like this is pet insurance. I think when, when this thing first came out, we all kind of laughed at it and thought about, oh, who, who's going to get pet insurance? Nobody wants pet insurance. Guess what? The people, Kyle's actually used it, right? I use it all the time. The people who and- buy it use it. A lot of people probably thought that about cyber insurance. Yeah. True. I mean. Absolutely. But it's so. here to stay, man. So I would tell you, if, if you're not offering this in your agency and you're looking for an easy way to do it, go go out to topdoginsurance.com forward slash agents and get your name in the hat. See if these guys can get you appointed so you can start making some passive income. Put a landing page around it. Throw a couple blog posts up. Pet insurance is not something people are probably bidding a lot of keywords on, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe more than some of the other stuff, but I look at it kind of like wedding insurance, man. I dominate that space because I really, the only people I have are the actual like carriers that are advertising for it. It's pretty rare. You're going to see. He's really standing on the table crying at me. He wants you to buy pet insurance for him. So got it already. It's one of those pet insurance. It's one of those things too. The reason a lot of people want to insure families is because traditionally, typically, families have extra lines of insurance they buy. You know, they have a 16-year-old, they have an extra car, right? They have life insurance, that sort of thing. Well, if you get that single person that lives in an apartment, you have less premium, less lines of business. But in my opinion, a person with no kids is more likely to have a dog. So it kind of fills that gap. You know what I mean? And then traditional, you know, you know, traditionally too younger people will stay with you longer because there's more of a, you know, they're going to live longer. Right. I talked to a carrier CEO one time and he said, the main reason we like to insure new houses is because hopefully there's new people in them that can be longtime customers and younger people are typically more likely to have younger dogs. And they're probably more likely to buy pet insurance than, than Jed and Edna who are 85 years old and, are going to pinch pennies over a $3 rate increase. So it's a, Dude, it's a Edna, better client. Edna was the and worst. You can also find out if your client has a pit bull, David. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. 
Well, listen, man, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you're busy. You know, you got your, your kids with you and I don't want to take you away from them. I appreciate you coming on. Everybody, listen, you don't need to know anything more than OneCityWorldTour.com. It automatically defaults to the 2023 conference when you get there. You can go there to get your tickets. You can go to TopDogPetInsurance.com forward slash agent to get signed up with them. What am I missing, man? Are you guys doing NFTs or anything like that again this year? Because of the instability in the crypto market, we are not doing NFTs this year. Imagine that. But everybody that bought our NFTs last year are still getting the benefits and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you can actually probably go buy their NFTs if you want to. So, Cool deal. All right, man. Well, pleasure as always. Wish you guys nothing but the best. I will most definitely be talking to you before Austin, but certainly look forward to hanging with you and everybody else there in January. Everybody else, we'll catch you next time. See you. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. 